never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you... Investor's Edge with Gary Kaltbaum. Straight talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here is your host, Gary Kaltbaum. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Gary Kaltbaum, your host. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Glad you are here, ladies and gentlemen. Happy that you are listening. It's, uh, I believe it's a Tuesday. I'm pretty sure it's October, and I'm going to guess it's October 8th, 2019. And first, let me state to all our friends, our Jewish friends, Happy New Year. As uh, we head into uh, Yom Kippur tomorrow, uh, Adam will be doing the show. I will be out. You will not be able to reach me tomorrow in any way, shape, or form. That is the holiest day of the year. Whew. I consider myself, and have showed you throughout the years, that if I am not the greatest technician on earth, I'm pretty close. Let me explain. A technician on Wall Street, there are many kinds, many shapes. Some use price and volume. Some use price and volume and stochastics. Go look up the word. Some use candlesticks. Some do something called Fibonacci. I keep it simple. Price, then volume, and then sentiment, which is for me a secondary indicator and is mostly used when sentiment hits extreme levels. Sentiment is a contrary indicator, and it simply means if everyone, if we are able to read that everyone is bearish, Bearish is all hell. Pretty much means everybody who wanted to sell has sold. And it usually happens after a big drop. And when sentiment gets to that extreme, it gets close or closer to a turn. Now, sentiment is not a pinpoint indicator, meaning if everybody's so bearish right now, it doesn't mean the market turns now. It could be in a week, two weeks. And of course, it works on the other side also. When everyone is bullish, when everybody's frothing at the mouth, when everybody's calling for 30,000 down. Oh, by the way, they did that in 1999. Remember that? Usually means they're all bought in and they're all excited. And guess what happens next? But for us, primary is price and volume. Volume is underneath the price. You don't get paid on volume. You get paid on price. But volume defines conviction. It's very simple. The more volume there is on a move the more conviction there is in a move. And odds favor, the move is more meaningful when you have some real strong volume, which leads us to price, the most important cog in the wheel. Now, as you know, I say to you, we're one of the best technicians on earth. I mean it, by the way. And it's not because we just snap our fingers. I will scan 1,500 stocks tonight. It's from the Bill O'Neill printed product index that you get on his software. And it usually takes me down to around every stock trading 400,000 shares or more per day. And every now and then I'll go down to 200,000. We don't go further than that because less liquidity. On top of that, I will scan every country, every major index, 200 sectors, commodities, and whatever else need be. On occasion, we'll do it twice. 
And when we say to you on this show words like underneath the hood, it means that on the surface what's being reported is not what's really going on. And that gives us a heck of a leg up. When we're able to tell you the Dow was up 50 today, but the market had a terrible day underneath the surface. When the Dow was down 100, but we tell you, we think the market had a damn good day underneath the surface. And then we can separate things, large cap, small cap, transports, and recognize where are the bull markets and where are the bear markets for a whole year. We have been telling you to avoid the small caps versus the large caps, which means there's nothing wrong if in your account that's fully invested, 5 or 10% is in small caps, but we're just letting you know it's underperforming. When we tell you the Dow is at new yearly highs, but the transports aren't even close and in fact are bearish, we don't want to own the transports. In the whole last year, we have been telling you to avoid the oils. In fact, I believe we've been telling you to avoid the oil since January of 17, that they were in their own private bear market. Well, guess what? They've been the bear. The oil services index, you ready? The OIH, the ETF for oil services, in case you did not know, has gone from 35 to 11. These are representatives of the oil service companies, a bunch of names, 35 to under 11. What is that? 70%? Yeah, about. And we can go through a litany of that. That's what makes us the best in the business. Because we've been telling you to avoid the oils. We've been telling you to avoid the commodities. We've been telling you to avoid the biotech. We have been telling you that the financials are underperforming and specifically the regionals. We were telling you leadership was in software until about eight to 10 weeks ago when one by one they went by the wayside. Now they're all bearish. We've been telling you to avoid the small caps versus the large caps and damn have they been underperforming the large caps. Up next, what else? And ladies and gentlemen, today, a comedy act. I'll explain. On this, the one and only Investor's Edge. It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Kaltbaum. It doesn't get better than this. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. So, what am I leading up to? For quite a while on this show... We have been telling you, while the Dow and S&P and the NASDAQ and NASDAQ 100 were near the highs, that the market underneath the surface wasn't even close. Small caps, not even close. Mid caps, not even close. The transports, not even close. All those sectors, not even close. We have been also highlighting for you what has had the relative strength. Utilities, some real estate stocks, housing, consumer staples, you know, the Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and after that, not much. We have been telling you the new yearly high list has almost nothing on it. While the Dow, S&P, NASDAQ, and NASDAQ 100 were up near the highs, where you would expect hundreds of names. But no, because underneath the surface, you did have a lot of bearish action. As one of the greatest technicians on earth, we've seen this story before. That if the underneath the surface does not fix itself, eventually, the rest of the market falters. And how do we know this? In the study of markets going back forever. We've back-tested and back-tested and back-tested. And of course, we always tell you, we don't know how bad something's going to get or how far it goes. We just know when it's set up to go that way, 
and we know when something's in a bear market, a la the oils, which we have not come off our bearish stance for God knows how long. So recently we've been telling you that underneath the surface, not even close, we've been telling you the only areas that are strong. We've been telling you that the, all those software names were dead in the water, rallying up a little bit, but all under the support, uh, uh, under the support that just broke, which is now resistance. We've been telling you that hardly any new highs. We've been telling you there's more new, new yearly lows than new highs while the big four just off the highs. And for a little bit, money flowed into the value areas. And we said to you on the show, oh, look at this Nordstrom's up today. Yeah, it's down 60% from the highs, but up, up 6% today. And what we know from back testing is that when money flows out of growth and these important areas and find their place into these value areas and these defensive areas, it's just a matter of time before markets can get in trouble says one of the greatest technicians on earth. And then what else we do is we have something called this 50-day moving average. And it's very simple, and, and you need to listen carefully. Nothing good happens if price trades below the 50-day moving average. It does not mean the end of the world. You can stay underneath it and just sit around for a while, but you cannot ascend if you're under the 50-day moving average. And the more things break below, the worse it is for the markets. And when a major indice is below, that's not good news. Well, the Russell and the transports and all these other areas have been below for a very long time. So it's easy for us. Just avoid. Just avoid. But the Dow, S&P, NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100, and the SOX, the semiconductor index, got above. The SOX being the strongest, the semiconductors. Well, what's happened in the last few days is the Dow broke the 50-day, rallied up into it, and is now rolling over again. The S&P broke the 50-day, rallied up into it, and is now rolling over again. The NASDAQ 100 broke the 50-day, rallied up into it, and now rolling over again. The NASDAQ 100, the same. Not good. On top of those other areas. This is how we know. And this is how we know to be defensive. It's not hard. And I know what you hear. I know what you hear. I know what they say. Good. Let them. Let them say all they want. The only thing going for them that are fully invested 100% of the time is they've had central banks saving their arses for a while. Ask them what they did in 2008. Ask them if they own any oils. Anyway, I digress. So we're going to get into why in a second and what the news was today and why I want to vomit. But we're just letting you know the market, notwithstanding bounces, but just letting you know the market worsens. The big four indices now living below the 50-day, and we're going to have to outline next area support that they better hold. And the semiconductor, the SOTS, which is all important, uh, finished back below the 50-day today. Even though, when it was above it, there's been pretty decent deterioration. Because these indices do have what we call overweightness with certain names. So we'll give out the numbers in a couple of minutes and stuff like that. But let's just say today does not look good on, on, a, on a bull market resume. And we'll tell you what the news was in a little bit. But just letting you know, that's some more deterioration today. We'll do the market wrap in a little bit. But you had 9 up, 28 down on the New York, 6 up, 24 down on the NASDAQ. Yeah, that's kind of sort of all you need to know. And we hope you're listening because we're dead serious, regardless whether you are or not. And at any time anything changes or starts to change, we'll let you know. Up next, full market wrap. And all that other stuff. I thank you for being here. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor's Edge. America is talking. Investors Edge. You gotta be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coltbaum. I'm highly recommended. You're gonna feel better if you talk to him. 
And uh, yeah. Uh, the market wrap is brought to you by investment-models.com. That's Jim Moore back. One of the great market timers. No gray areas with the man. You're either in or out of the market with his proprietary indicators. Go check it out. Investment-models.com. And I'm going to give you the final numbers, but that's not really the story. Uh, Dow down 313. S&P 45. NASDAQ 132. NASDAQ 100. 120. The SOX 48. Eh, mid, small. Transport's down 185. Advanced declines. Gross up, down volume. Gross. New highs. Contract. New lows. A lot. In the Dow today, everything was down except Walmart, which was up 35 cents. And Home Depot was flat. Mm, let's see. I'll just say the number, not the sense. Apple 2, uh, American Express 1, Boeing 2, Caterpillar 2, Cisco 1, Chevron 1, DuPont almost 2, Disney 2, Goldman Sachs 3, uh, IBM 3, Intel 1, Johnson & Johnson 1, JP Morgan 2.5, Coke, eh, just a little, Merck, Microsoft dollar each, McDonald's almost a dollar, 3M almost 3, Nike a dollar and a half, Procter & Gamble almost 2, uh, Pfizer just a little bit, Travelers 2.5, United Tech 2, United Health 1, Visa 2.5, Verizon just a little bit, Walgreens just a little bit, I got all my drugs there, and Exxon 1. And then you can go through a bunch of crap, uh, let's see, you ready? Uh, growth names, AYX, eight. remember I told you they were bouncing up? AYX down 8, Adobe down 6. Um, EPAM down 5, Salesforce.com 3, um, HubSpot 6, Intuit 5, MDB 9, ServiceNow 10, Okta 3, Paycom 6, Team 9, Splunk, Trade Desk, symbol SE 3 each, Twilio 4.5, Workday 8, you get the point. Semiconductors down 48, KLAC down 6, LAM Research 4. Microchip 3, MKSI 3, NVIDIA 7, NXPI 4, Qualcomm 3, Silicon Labs 3, Text Instruments 4, Xilinx 3, Analog Devices 4, Broadcom 5. Yuck. And then remember to tell you I have this thing about stocks being above or below the 50-day? I took another 30, 40 names off today. Just stocks that slice through that all-important 50-day moving average. Now, here you go. You ready? The big four. Uh, the Dow. It held on Tuesday. Excuse me. My bad. It held last – can't figure out when that was for a second. Last Tuesday. Am I right or am I nuts? Let's call it last Tuesday. Or maybe my charts are not working well. Tuesday, Monday. Uh, how about Thursday? Thank you. Uh, on Thursday, the Dow held the 200-day moving average and reversed up. The low was 25.743. Throughout August, the lows of the Dow were around 25.5, give or take. One day it went to 25.339. I'm using 25.5. There's going to be your support. And the 200-day moving average is 25.899. We're going to be watching that. Not saying it's going to happen. We're just going to be watching it. The S&P, we're going to call it 28.22. But the 200-day is down at uh, 28.45. The NASDAQ. The NASDAQ. uh, About 76.60. How's that? You hit 7,700 on uh, Thursday. 200-day moving average is 77.34. You close at 78.23. That's what we'll be watching. NASDAQ 100, we're going to call it 74 to 74.50. There's your support levels. We're going to be watching. Russell 2000, I don't even give the support levels because they're just so weak and they're just not the big four. But I will tell you this. The Russell 2000 is on the verge of breaking the lows of uh, September and June. That would not be good news. Uh, the transports, uh, yeah, on the verge of breaking uh, the lows of uh, a few weeks ago. That's not good. And remember what we told you. Not even close to keeping up. Major league divergence. The industrials, XLI, rolling over. The uh, regional banks, very, very weak. The bigger banks, better than the regional banks, but not very good. And let me just tell you, the charts of Morgan Stanley, of uh, Wells Fargo, of Bank of New York, holy heck, is all I got to say. 
Now the regionals are much, much worse. Just letting you know. We will be watching those semiconductors very carefully right now as it broke below the 50-day. Now in gold and silver, what have we said to you? Uh, we think they're still in a overall bull market, but we think they're in a matter of weeks and weeks and weeks of nothingness. Got to digest the move up. Uh, gold is still above the 50-day just by a little bit, but it's still trading where it was uh, early August, so a little over two months. But again, I'm okay. Now the gold miners are still trading below the 50-day moving average, but they're trying as the market gets hit. And silver, just above the 50-day moving average also. And of course, they're the anti-market play, for lack of a better way to put it. And as I scan, yuck. Just plain yuck. Now, I know you're reading a lot about China and China trade. Uh, and I said to you that I believe President Trump has completely misread this whole thing. And unfortunately, when you think you're omnipotent and cannot do any wrong and you think you're God, and I think he has that complex... He thinks that anything he says, anything he does is correct, and he's not. And I think he has misread this whole China thing. By the way, we're not taking China's side. They suck. They're a communist state that represses and depresses, and it's getting worse under this guy Xi. I'm not defending them, but we've watched for 18 months a president tell us that China had to cut a deal. They had to, not us. For 18 months, he's been telling us tariffs are paid by China, which is just an out-and-out -out lie. And I would say it to his face, uh, Mr. President, respectfully, you're a liar. I'd have no problem with that. And then he's changed his stance a hundred times. Tariffs, no tariffs, tariffs, no tariffs. And then he hurt the farmers with tariffs and paid them off with our tax dollars. You conservative Trumpians, how do you feel about that? So what happens now? You ready for today? Today we hear two things, three things, four things, five things, that China's going to have a bigger contingent than normal for the trade talks this week. Market bounced. But then China says there is no way in hell we're giving up our way of doing things that don't expect big things. We hear rumors out of this White House that they can go for something smaller, and then we find out two hours later, no, we can't do anything smaller. And then we have China and the NBA, where, by the way, Adam Silver just completely blew it from the get-go, but fixed himself up. But imagine a country, China, stopping basketball from being played there and 490 million people from watching the game because one, one person, not even an owner, general manager, stated he's for the protesters in Hong Kong. Welcome to China. Up next... What else? I'm Gary. This is the one only investor's ad. You're listening to. What are you waiting for? Well, what are you waiting for? One, two, ready, go. Action! Investor's Edge. With Gary Kaltbaugh. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. So you have this communist state in China. You have a president that has completely misread them. You have 18 months of back-and-forth bullcrap. I don't even know what to tell you at this point. Then at the end of the day, we find out out of nowhere that our administration is holding back visas on certain Chinese officials because of their involvement. I don't know if you know this, but China's kind of have holding and kidnapped and whatever, a certain group of people in China. Go look it up. Go look it up. And by the way, we're not saying the president or the administration is wrong for doing that. We're just saying, how do they think they're going to get some sort of trade deal at the same time they're doing that? And why are you doing it now when they're coming here this week? Beats the hell out of me. And then we get to God. Yeah, Jay Powell, the head of the central bank, who thinks he's God. Now, in case you don't know, I, I refuse to watch any of the press conferences. I refuse to watch any of their speeches. But sometimes I force myself. 
So Jay Powell had this, I don't know, it was a sit-down speech or whatever. And just want to let you know, he announced that our central bank is going to be buying bonds again. You know what that is, right? It's the quantitative easing. And then Jay Powell said, but don't call it quantitative easing. And I remind myself, of, I had a friend when I was very young, looks like crap, smells like crap, feels like crap, tastes like crap. Boy, I'm sure glad I didn't step in it. So he's going to print money and buy bonds, but don't call it printing money and buying bonds. And then he went on to say some things that irritated the hell out of me. Our job is to make sure the economy, and we have tools to the economy. And I'm thinking to myself, gee, I thought the economy was 100 and some odd million people going to work every day. Oh, it's one man's decisions on the printing of conjured up money, not in circulation. Oh, that's what, what the economy is. And I'm not a violent person, but I think every central banker should be put in a ring, a wrestling ring, and have the big show give them a choke slam and put every one of them out the pasture. They actually think they're the end-all, be-all, but all they have done. Remember, we only deal with facts here. We don't care about opinion. There's $250 trillion of debt now around the globe. That's, that's government. How is that possible? Central banks. Take rates down to nothing. Enable it. And for somebody that's supposed to oversee the economy, where are they in the scheme of things of trying to prevent governments from not going into $250 trillion of debt? Oh, that's right. That ain't so bad. That's what we're told. Famed conservative economist Art Laffer said, trillion-dollar deficits aren't bad because interest rates are low. Moron. I'd like for him to say that under a Democrat president. I gather he's going to the holiday party at Mar-a-Lago. Moron. Ken Fisher, I got to interview on TV, said don't worry about the $22 trillion of debt. I saw somebody say, oh, we just owe it to ourselves. And now we're hearing the slow creep of something called MMT, modern monetary... You know what they want to do? Just print money and go into trillions of debt to spend. And don't worry about it. No, really. That's what they want to do. They figure since we printed money to save Wall Street, let's just print money for the roads and bridges. Let's just do more debt. Debt is good. You got this woman, I forgot what college is from, she's out front and center with the Communist Party calling for this. And guess who else is calling for this? You know it's great when the squad wants it. They're worse than Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. I got to tell you. I may just have to run for president to prevent what's coming down the pike from all these nightmares that refuse to do the right thing. You know, debt and deficits used to be dirty words in Washington. The words debt ceiling used to be fought over. Now you got the lion sacks of monkey crap, the rating service, the economists and politicians in cahoots saying if we don't keep putting on more debt, we're screwed. It's the other way around, ladies and gentlemen. Putting on more debt makes you screwed. But they're all in the tank. And we're the marks. We're the marks, and we're all fighting each other and who to vote for, and who's good, who's bad, who's this, who's that. And I must tell you, they're all nauseating. On that note, have a great evening. Drive carefully, and when you get home, do like I do. Simple procedure. Make sure you hug your children. Night, night, all. This clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Stu Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash s-t-o-o-l-a-n-d-e-r. 